Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. This week I was going to start off with talking about heroes that we need and have. Uh, but given the circumstances that happened last week, I wanted to talk about that. There's a number of things that go through my mind when I was sitting watching what was happening last Wednesday, beginning with the Trump rally. First of all, every speaker that spoke at that rally needs to be accountable for what happened afterwards. This whole thing about, oh, they were innocent, they were just words, is a bunch of bull crap. Let me tell you, they are responsible, in part, to what happened that day. You can have this macho appearance and want to be the tough guy until it's time to take responsibility and be accountable for it. And then they run and hide. They're little chicken shits. And they need to pay the price for what they did. And then at the impeachment hearing in which Trump was impeached for the second time to hear these conservative Republicans talk about, oh, we need to go beyond this and move beyond what happened and begin to unify the country. The time to have done that was after Congress reconvened after the riots and voted on the Electoral College. If they really wanted to start with unity, that was the time that they should not have voted against authorizing those votes. Instead, they continued with that craziness, the myths that were perpetuated by Trump and his supporters about the election being rigged. They need to be accountable as well for their actions. And Lindsey Graham Oh, Mr. Lindsey Graham. Enough. I've tried to be helpful. But when the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled four to three that they didn't violate the Supreme, uh, the Constitution of Wisconsin, I agree with the three, but I accept the four. If Al Gore can accept five, four, he's not president. I can accept Wisconsin four to three. Yet who jumps on Air Force One with Trump on his way to Texas? Good old Lindsey Graham. Sure, enough's enough. Yeah. You know, actions speak louder than words. And Lindsey Graham tends to use a lot of words. And his actions say more than those words themselves. So with all this said, it's really time to get to the point of this podcast. That is, let's look at someone that I would consider a hero. And that would be Katie Porter. Katie Porter, who's the U.S. representative for the California's 45th Congressional District. My first experience with Katie Porter was back in April of 2019 at a congressional hearing where she was asking the CEO of J.P. Morgan questions. 
So where we left off was this woman had, and I apologize, you're going to need to follow orally. She had $2,425 a month. She rents a one-bedroom apartment. She and her daughter sleep together in the same room. In Irvine, California, that average one-bedroom apartment is going to be $1,600. She spends $100 on utilities, take away the $1,700, and she has net $725. She's like me. She drives a 2008 minivan and has gas, $400 for car expenses and gas, net $325. The Department of Agriculture says a low-cost food budget, that is ramen noodles, a low food budget is $400. That leaves her $77 in the red. She has a cricket cell phone, the cheapest cell phone she can get for $40. She's in the red, $117 a month. She has after-school child care because the bank is open during normal business hours. That's $450 a month. That takes her down to negative $567 per month. My question for you, Mr. Diamond, is how should she manage this budget shortfall while she's working full-time at your bank? I, uh, I don't know that all your numbers are accurate. That number is a start, is it generally a starter job? She is a starting employee. She has a six-year-old child. Okay, and, this is her and, first job. You can get those jobs at a high school, and she may have my job one day. So she, she may, but Mr. Diamond, she doesn't have the ability right now to spend your $31 million. Totally sympathetic. She's short 567. What would you suggest she do? I, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Would you recommend that she take out a J.P. Morgan Chase credit card and run a deficit? I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Would you recommend that she overdraft at your bank and be charged overdraft fees? I don't know. I'd have to think about it. So... I know you have a lot of... I'd love to call up and have a conversation about her financial affairs and see if we can be helpful. See if you can find a way for her to live on less than the minimum that I've described. Just be helpful. Well, I appreciate your desire to be helpful, but what I'd like you to do is provide a way for families to make ends meet so that little kids who are six years old living in a one-bedroom apartment with their mother aren't going hungry at night because they're $567 short from feeding themselves, clothing them. We allow no money for clothing. We allow no money for school lunches. We allow no money for field trips, no money for medical, no money for prescription drugs, nothing. And she's short $567 already. Mr. Diamond, you know how to spend $31 million a year in salary, and you can't figure out how to make up a $567 a month shortfall. This is a budget problem you cannot solve. When I first saw this, I thought, wow, who is this person? But that was only the beginning. She not only took on Wall Street, but she also took on Big Pharma. What I'm trying to understand from you is how did the drug improve if I were to look at a pill and analyze it from 2005, when it cost 215 and I was looked today at, at when it cost 763 would that pill be the same? I understand your question about the pill. The pill, the manufacturing for it, would be the same. Great. Thank you. So to put that in perspective, you hiked the price by $500 when the average Orange County senior only has $528 left in their bank account after they've paid their basic monthly expenses. The average Orange County senior can't even afford one pill. I, I want to turn to one other number if you would, you would help me. Um, do you know what this number is? I... Does it ring I any bells? I, I think you're referring to my compensation in some way. In some way. This was your compensation in 2017 for being CEO of Celgene. And that's a lot of money. It's 200 times the average American's income and 360 times what the average senior gets on Social Security. 
Now, of that 13 million, about 2.1 million came from your company hitting yearly earning targets. Um, and more than half of the bonus formula was based on those targets. Any increase in the price of Revlimid would also increase your bonus by increasing earnings. Isn't that right, Mr. Ellis? If revenues increased and expenses did not, then earnings would be enhanced. And Thank you. Mr. Ellis, in fact, the oversight the committee found that if you hadn't increased the price of Revlimid, you wouldn't have gotten your bonus. Mr. Ellis, do you know how much you personally received in bonuses over two years, the last two years, just because Celgene raised the price of this one drug, Revlimid? I receive very generous compensation, but I don't know the exact number that you're referring to. In fact, you personally received half of a, half a million dollars personally just by tripling the price of Revlimid. So to recap here, the drug didn't get any better, the cancer patients didn't get any better, you just got better at making money. You just refined your skills at price gouging. And to be clear, the taxpayers spent $3.3 billion on Revlimid, 3.3 Medicare, $3.3 billion. If the price of Revlimid had only been increased to reflect inflation, the cost would be about $286 today according to the Fed's inflation calculator, $286 per pill. So compare her actions and her work in Congress versus that of someone I mentioned in the previous podcast, Jim Jordan, who only likes to hear himself talk and talk quickly and do everything in his power to protect a corrupt president. And notice when she questions these high-power executives how far removed they are from the reality of everyday life for most people in this country. Mr. Zuckerberg, I, um, as you know, Facebook can be sometimes an unkind place, um, both toward my personal appearance and today apparently toward your haircut. Um, but I just, as a mother of a teenage boy, I just want to say thanks for modeling um, the shortcut. Um, you have said, um, quote, we have a responsibility to protect our data, and if we can't, then we don't deserve to serve you, unquote. Do you remember making that statement? Congresswoman, yes. And Facebook's privacy principles say, one, we give you control of your privacy, two, you own and can delete your information, and three, we are accountable. Today, can you affirm that Facebook cares about user privacy and still holds itself to the standards it articulates in its public policies? Congresswoman, I, I, we, we certainly care about privacy. It's okay. incredibly important to people. And, uh, and Super. If that's true, that you care about privacy and you're hewing to these principles, why are you arguing, Facebook, in federal court that consumers can't hold you liable for any of these promises because, quote, as plaintiffs admit, they and every Facebook user are bound by Facebook's terms of service, which release Facebook from liability for users' contract and common law claims? Congresswoman, I'm, I'm not familiar with that specific legal argument. Well, it's on the, it's on, it's right there for you. You are arguing in federal court that the, in a consumer data privacy lawsuit in which your own lawyers admit that users' information was stolen, that they, the plaintiffs failed to articulate any injury. In other words, no harm, no foul. Facebook messed up, but it doesn't matter. 
Is that your position? Uh, Congresswoman, I'm, I'm not familiar with all the context here, so it's, and, I'm, and I'm not a lawyer, so it's, it's a little bit hard for me to weigh in on the, on the Mr. Specifics. Zuckerberg, as CEO and the tremendously proportional shareholder of Facebook, you are responsible for the legal arguments that your company makes. You hire these lawyers. Will you commit to withdrawing this argument and this pleading and never again plead that there is no liability on Facebook when data breaches occur? Congresswoman, you're certainly right that I'm CEO and I'm responsible for everything that happens in the company. All that I'm saying is that uh, I imagine that there are more pages to this document. And okay, I'm going to take that as a no for right now, but I would like you to consider it. I, I think your pleading is inconsistent with your privacy principles. And I think that American people are tired of this hypocrisy. I've been in Congress 10 months and I have already lost count of how many people have sat in exactly that chair and said one thing to me and to this Congress and then done another thing in federal court. But she doesn't just hold CEOs of high power corporations accountable for their actions of their companies, but she also holds accountable those that are in the administration. Here she is questioning the head of the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the director. Hello, director. Um, could you please explain to this committee the difference between an interest rate and an APR? So the APR is the is the extrapolation, if it were a one-year term, uh, in terms of the loan. So that's the, the calculation that uh, is laid out in, in TILA in particular. So if I take the stated interest rate and do the math to deal with the fact that it's annualized, the APR, I would be correct. Yes. Okay. Um, Ms. Kroeninger, the annual percentage rate, and I'll be happy to send you a copy of the textbook that I wrote, explains that the APR is derived from the finance charge, the amount financed, and the payment schedule. It's a mathematical transformation of those three numbers into the cost of credit expressed yes. at a yearly rate. Over simplification, I understand uh, that you know well. Well, my concern is whether you know well, ma'am, because you are the one responsible for making sure that American consumers know well. Now, some will argue, well, you know, you can't expect everybody to know everything about what their job is. That is crap. If you're in a position like this, you need to know everything about what you're doing. If it was you and I in a position where we work and we were incompetent with what we were supposed to handle, how do you think we would be treated? Now, oftentimes, when people get in those positions, particularly those in the administration, they get to be a little bit smug when they can't answer a question. Reading aloud now from Section 4027 of the CARES Act, on or after January 1, 2026, any funds that are remaining shall be transferred to the general fund. In other words, set, set back to the Treasury. Secretary Mnuchin, is it currently the year 2026? Yes or no? First, I do believe there's an economic emergency. You're putting words in my mouth that are not correct. Second of all, okay, uh, the answer is that 4027... The time belongs to the gentlelady. Reclaiming my time, Mr. Mnuchin, you start by asking, answering my first question, and I will ask you others. Is today... 20, the year 2026, yes or no? Of course it's not 2026.
How ridiculous to ask me that question and waste our time. Well, Secretary Mnuchin, I think it's ridiculous that you're play acting to be a lawyer when you well, have. I, actually, history. I have plenty of lawyers at the Department of Treasury who advise me, so uh, I'm more than Mr. happy Mnuchin? to. I'm more than happy to follow up with Chair Waters and explain all the legal provisions and the ranking member. So, more than happy to Secretary make that. Secretary Mnuchin, Mr. Mnuchin, are you in fact a lawyer? not have a legal degree. I have lawyers that report to me. Thank you. Um, Chair Powell, are you, in fact, a lawyer? I am uh, a former lawyer, a recovering lawyer. You have a legal degree, correct? Yes, I do. Okay. So, Secretary Mnuchin, you're trying to tell Chairman Powell to send over remaining funds right now, and you're claiming falsely, in my opinion, that that is what the law says. You've gotten into a disagreement with someone who's actually a lawyer. Are are you a lawyer? Now listen how smug he is in his response. And little did he know with his little smug question, well, are you a lawyer? Then in fact, Katie Porter is a lawyer. So there are numerous examples of Katie Porter and her work that she has done so far in Congress since being elected and put into office in 2019. If you ever have a chance to listen to some of her questioning during hearings in Congress, you really should take the time to do so. For me, I think she's a real American hero because she's able to confront those smug individuals who think they're above everybody and don't need to be accountable for the actions of themselves, the companies they work for, or the part of the administration that they play a role in. So for me, if we can have more heroes like Katie Porter in this government instead of those people like Jim Jordan, Ron DeSantis, and Matt Gates, I think we would be better off. So I think we need to give a big thank you to Katie Porter and support her in her continuing effort to make this government more accountable, to make corporations more accountable, and to be able to stand up and support those everyday people. Katie Porter, you are a hero.